Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. As many of you know, the royal wedding was quite the event. TV and social media exploded with coverage. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that there's a wedding coming that will far surpass the royal wedding that we recently witnessed here on earth. The wedding between Jesus and his bride, the church, is this wedding we're speaking of. Will you be a part of that bride? Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you could become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 20th, 2018. It's important to note that this comes on the heels of another report about the Turkish Prime Minister calling for an extraordinary summit of nations, Islamic nations, to unite against Israel. And included in this summit would be Russia, Iran, Turkey, and Sudan, among others. Now, why is that important? Because those are exactly the nations that are listed in by their ancient names in Ezekiel chapter 38. I know that you know where I'm going with this, so I'll get right to the prophetic point, so to speak. I would submit that everything we witnessed this last week has moved us even closer. And when I say even closer, please know that we were moving ever so close prior. But we have now, I believe, moved even closer to the fulfillment of three specific Bible prophecies. You see them there on the screen, starting with, of course, Ezekiel 38. And I want to talk about Ezekiel 38 more in a moment here. But for those of you who are unfamiliar with this prophecy in Ezekiel 38, it is a prophecy about an alliance of nations that all come together to attack Israel, not for the purpose chiefly of wiping them off the map. Rather, it's for the purpose of taking a spoil. By spoil, that means that Israel has something they want. Again, hang on to that. We'll come back to that. Oh, by the way, <laughs> they don't succeed. And the reason they don't succeed is not because the United States comes to Israel's defense. No. It's because God comes to the defense of his people, the Jewish people. And this alliance of nations are soundly defeated, soundly defeated. 
And there's every indication that it happens very, and I like this word particularly, suddenly. It's going to happen very quickly. Is that a synonym for suddenly? Let's just say it is. It's going to happen very quickly. The second prophecy that I believe we have moved even closer to the fulfillment of is Zechariah 12. And this is a prophecy concerning how God himself is going to make the city of Jerusalem, the city that he has chosen out of all of the cities, out of all of the tribes to place his name of ownership on, that he will make Jerusalem the intoxicating obsession of the entire world. You can't read a news report on your news feed or watch a news broadcast concerning the Middle East without hearing about Jerusalem being this big, burdensome problem. That's Zechariah 12. That's Zechariah 12. And then, thirdly, Daniel 9, 27. And this is a prophecy very detailed about how the Antichrist by force will enforce a seven-year peace agreement And at the midpoint, three and a half years, he will set himself up as God in the newly rebuilt temple, which would imply that it's part of said seven-year peace deal, which we just got done reading, that the Jews are anticipating is going to happen. And at the midpoint, he demands to be worshipped. And it's at this point that the Jews realize this is not our Messiah. He will commit this abomination, Daniel 9.27 says, that causes desolation. And the Jews will realize that our true Messiah would never do that. And that will bring them to a saving knowledge of their true Messiah, having embraced the false Messiah, the Antichrist first. So, what am I saying? What I'm saying is that everything that we're seeing happening right now is exactly what we were told would happen. And as we speak, I truly believe that the world is ripe and ready, if I can say it that way, for the Antichrist to come on the scene. In Israel they are. And it's like everything is now being readied for this man to come on the scene and do this. So yesterday, as I was preparing for today's update, I watched Judge Janine Pirro on Fox News. She was there at the embassy uh, opening on Monday, but she interviewed Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. I have to say that I was stunned by what the Israeli prime minister said, so much so that, pardon me, I had to go back over it, and I kept pausing it so I could transcribe it word for word, which I did early this morning so that I could share it with you. What follows is a portion of that interview, and as I quote Piero and Netanyahu, listen to the words 
and view them through the lens of Ezekiel 38. And let me just preface this by saying this. First of all, verse 13 of Ezekiel 38, very detailed, says that Saudi Arabia, who is aligned now with uh, Israel against the arch enemy of Iran, uh, it says that they, along with Tarshish and the young lions thereof will protest and question this attack against Israel. And they will ask very specifically this question. Have you come to take a spoil? The King James renders it. Hang on to that word. There's another detail in the Ezekiel 38 prophecy. By the way, there are many details in the Ezekiel 38 prophecy. But another detail in that prophecy is that Israel will be very strong, very prosperous, very secure, very confident, if you prefer. Now, through that lens, let's view this and listen to this portion of the interview. Piero, quote, Iran is now aligning itself with Russia and has its proxy in Syria. By the way, we're not going to have the time to get into it today. We, we talk about it very often, but uh, Syria, Damascus, Syria, Isaiah 17, which I really believe is the catalyst for the Ezekiel 38 prophecy. Netanyahu, yeah, they're saying openly that their goal is to bring these lethal weapons close to Israel's border with the aim of destroying it. I've said no. We'll confront you now before you build up your forces rather than later. By the way, when he says, I'll confront you now because you have uh, these weapons on our border, he's talking about confronting them in Damascus, Syria which again is Isaiah 17, okay? What would you do, he asks Spiro. What would any country do if somebody tried to move right next to the United States horrendous missiles and other things with the express purpose of annihilating the United States? Do you think you would sit back? No. And I'm not sure Russia wants Iran to do that. Really? Piro responds. Yes, because, I'm quoting now, I think they're in competition now for the spoils. I mean, listen, I, as you get older, you're not as dramatic. <laughs> okay, never mind, that was probably a poor choice of words. But no, you know, when you get older, things don't, you know, move you as much. You just don't have the energy like you used to when you were younger. You know, you react. I have to confess, man, I, I'm sitting there. I almost fell off my chair. Now, for me to do that, that's really something. I mean, I was, what did he just say? And so I, I couldn't wait to go online and, and, you know, see the video once it was posted and Listen, I thought, nah, that's, that's me, because I'm so focused on Ezekiel 38. I'm putting words in his mouth. No, he said spoils. Russia and Iran spoils. That's verse 13. Why are you looking at me like that? Are you kidding me? Maybe it is just me, but... He used the exact words concerning Russia and Iran. 
who today stand at the ready in Syria to launch this attack that we were told in Ezekiel 38 they would attack. I'm not sure Netanyahu goes on to say, quoting, there's a necessary conflict, speaking of between Russia and Iran, but Iran is at conflict with us. Iran is at conflict with the United States. Iran is at conflict with just about every Arab nation in the Middle East. And I think we should unite together under President Trump's leadership to kick Iran out of Syria to constrain and stop Iran's aggression. If you want to advance peace, that's how you advance it, by confronting the enemies of peace. Piro, quote, With a strong Israel... Netanyahu, quote, definitely. Call me silly. I've been called worse. (laughs) But this is exactly what we were told in Ezekiel 38. Five years ago, this was not a plausible scenario in the immediate, in the present tense. Today it is. One last thing. Um, so I have, <laughs> what, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I have, you know, these screens in my office and I had the royal wedding on one screen and I had, you know, Fox News and Judge Janine Pirro on the other screen and I'm, I'm, you know, kind of going back and forth like a tennis match. And I found myself, um, really interested in, not so much the royal wedding, but the interest in the royal wedding. I mean, (laughs) what's up with that? And I just want to share with you very quickly what the Lord ministered to me about the world's fascination with this royal wedding that took place yesterday. Like those before it, there just seems to be this obsession and fascination with these weddings. And what the Lord really showed me was that there's a a biblical and even a prophetic reason as to why. There's an explanation for it. You know what it is? It's because God has wired us this way. And we're going to have a wedding. No, I know for guys this gets weird. And that's okay. I mean, I get that. I'm a guy. But we're the bride of Christ. And you want to talk about a royal wedding? <laughs> and, and we're not just going to be married to a, a prince, but the prince of princes and the king of kings. <laughs> and it's going to be the royal wedding of all weddings. And it, we, so the, the cars are pulling up, you know, at the chapel. 
And the, the bride gets out of the, oh my. Listen, I love doing weddings. And it's kind of embarrassing because I'm kind of a sappy guy when it comes to weddings. And when that bride walks down the aisle, here I am, you know, I'm, I'm crying. I'm the pastor presiding over the wedding ceremony. You know, and the, and the groom's over here giving me Kleenex. It's, it's really embarrassing. But I, I love to look at the groom as he sees his bride walking down the aisle. Oh, can I just share? Again, what are you going to say? No, I got to share this. Uh, this was a number of years ago, and <clears throat> be patient with me. We're gonna we'll bring it to an end in a couple hours, but. So I'm on the mainland. This is my uh, church that I had planted and pastored there in North Idaho. And I come to the end of the sermon, and God just really impressed upon my heart very strongly that I needed to give an invitation. That there was somebody, and it was very specific. It was really a, a, actually a word of knowledge, looking back on it. I didn't at the time. I just responded to it and uh, the Holy Spirit's prompting. But the Lord just uh, showed me there is an, uh, there's a woman that is sitting, and I'm afraid to point because I'm going to point at somebody <laughs> over here, right where you're uh, sitting now, Joyce and Pam, right about there. And uh, that she was to, like a bride coming to her bridegroom, she was to come down. The, I, I didn't point or anything. I just... It was kind of generic in the sense that the Lord was saying, there's, there's a woman here that needs to come as a bride to her bridegroom down the aisle. And I didn't have heads bowed, eyes closed. I said, we just want to rejoice with you. And with tears streaming down her face, this elderly woman stands up and walks down the aisle to her bridegroom and gives her life to Christ. Oh my goodness. So I I was just stunned. But that's what it is, you know. That's what it's like, you know. Well, I need to you're looking at your watches, so I better uh move move on here. That's how I want to bring it to a close today. Let me simply say that we are fast approaching our wedding day and the wedding feast of the Lamb that is celebrated at the end of the time of celebration and consummation, which is a period of seven. It's been said that while the world is tribulating, we are celebrating in heaven. When Jesus said, Behold, I go to prepare a place for you, he was talking as a groom to his bride. I go to prepare a bridal chamber for you, for where I am there ye may be also. And maybe that's the invitation to somebody here today or somebody watching online. Like the bride walking down the aisle to her bridegroom, maybe today is that day for you. I want to share with you the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, the apostle Paul defines the gospel as this, that Jesus Christ was crucified, 
that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, defeating death, paying in full for the sins of all mankind. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Now, how do you respond to the gospel? It's ABC simple, known as the ABCs of salvation. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner, that you've fallen short of God's perfect standard of righteousness. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, the death penalty, which Jesus came and paid for instead of us. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The B is for believe in your heart. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then the C is for call upon the name of the Lord or confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10, which also says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10.13 says, All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you've never called upon the name of the Lord, I implore you today, before you leave this beautiful church today, to do so. If you're watching online, I implore you, do not put this off. We are at the end. The time is at hand. Please stand. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much. Lord, I thank you for telling us in your word, very specifically, what the world is going to look like and be like at the time of the end. Because as we look around, it is very clear, without question really, that it's exactly as you said it would be. Lord, I pray for anyone who is weary, discouraged, longing for your return, that you would encourage and strengthen their hearts. And just as a reminder to them, would you, as only you can, fill them afresh with this hope that no matter what they go through, you're going to get them through it until you come. And for those who have never called upon you, Lord, I pray that today it would be the day of their salvation as we all long for and anticipate our wedding day to you, Jesus, as our bridegroom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag, of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. 
Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.